Jesus. <clears throat> yeah, it, uh, I also want to bring greetings in Jesus' name this morning. It makes me a little nervous uh, up here, but that's okay. <clears throat> I uh, would like to say, take this time to thank every one of you for we've had some sickness in our family like Laverne's as well and we thought it was it was a bad sickness you know hard sickness I should say and we were definitely sick so sick that you'd sometimes you'd feel good enough you think you're going to get up and do some things but you get up and walk around a little bit and you soon felt your need of looking for a chair or something. You know, it's just got dizzy or it was just not a good experience for one whole week till I was over mine and of course then Martha started and she's still coughing a lot. That's one reason why she isn't here. She just doesn't want to sit here and do a lot of coughing. However, I do want to thank every one of you for your prayer support and and uh, different ones have called and asked how we are and uh, just appreciate that. Just appreciate the concern and, and love of the uh, brotherhood here. Yes, I am I am uh, like James said uh, not necessarily taking an easy chair but uh, just letting the uh, I guess I'll say the younger ones uh, step in and, and uh, they'll do well. We commit them to you, you know, it's just they, they are faithful brethren and, and have all the uh, respect that uh, I can have for them and I, I, I believe that they'll do a tremendous work for the church here in the days and years to come. We've had quite experience in, in Florida, a number of different things that happened, and one of them was a birthday surprise. Uh, turned 70, and uh, I, I don't think I'll ever forget that birthday till I'm 90 years old or so, if I live that long. You know, we don't have the promise that we're going to how long we're going to live, but I do want to serve the Lord, be faithful to Him. When I say that I'm going to step down in, in the ministry, it doesn't mean that I'm going to quit serving the Lord. I want to be on fire for God as much or more than I've ever been. And there are different ways to serve the Lord, different ways that we can be involved in. And so this morning, the message that I have is, I, I've been searching quite a while for a, a title to this message. And the best one that the Lord seemed to give me, or at least that I understood what he was saying, was to ask the question, Adam, where are you? And I think that would probably apply to all of us. God is asking where are you? 
it is a concern of my heart that there are too many people living today and considering themselves Christians. And I would hate to say that someone is not a Christian when they say that they are a Christian. That's not, that's not my business to tell someone that they're not a Christian if they say that they are. But it is my responsibility and, and uh, it is my goal to help people to understand what it really means to, to be a child of God. What it really means to, to say no to the world and, and yes to God. I think today there are too many people that often are like Herod. King Herod in, in the time of John the Baptist. When he heard John the Baptist preach, he was, he was deeply moved. He was stirred by the message that John the Baptist preached. But he never had the courage to take a stand with John the Baptist. In fact, John the Baptist came around and told Herod that it's wrong for him to have his brother Philip's wife. And that, at that particular point, Herod became, I would say, very angry or irritated with this man called John the Baptist. So at one point, Herod was, was a man that was really impressed with what John was teaching. And that's the way that I think that a lot of people are today. They hear good messages, they get inspired by something, but they don't make a commitment. They'll say, yeah, sometime I'm going to do it, but not right now. S but sometime I really want to turn my life over to the Lord and live more for him, but not right now. And that's just where Satan wants people to go with this thing. They don't want a person to make a decision right now to serve the Lord. They want you to do it later. And later never happens. It never happens because Satan brings so many things into a person's life that will deter him from making a decision to follow the Lord. Therefore, the Lord is often neglected, just like John the Baptist. John the Baptist was preaching, and Herod was so inspired to do something, but he did absolutely nothing. He, he listened to John the Baptist, and he was moved. And then he listened to, to uh, his wife, and, and she said something different. And so he was discouraged from following that which John the Baptist was teaching. And I think that John the Baptist was a real prophet. He was a man that spoke for God. And people were inspired. There were literally hundreds of people that were listening to John the Baptist. They were all inspired and thought they'd like to do something, but they never did anything. And that's my heart's desire this morning is whenever we get inspired and God speaks to us that we need to do something now, not later. Later is too late, and things can happen. And then later time that you never expected were going to happen. Just like the account that I'm going to use as a, as a text found in Luke chapter 12. Let's turn to that. But going back to Herod and, and what happened to him, he was, he was off and he was on. He was swayed one way and then swayed another way. In fact, he was so swayed by, by his wife there that... Uh, he, he, his, his daughter came up to him and said, uh, it was her birthday, and so Herod said, 
you know, whatever you would like to have, why, I'll give it to you up to half of my kingdom. And so the daughter was really impressed with that, and so she went to her mother and said, what should I ask for? Herod said, I could have anything I wanted up to half of the kingdom. And she said, well, why don't you ask for John the Baptist's head in a, in a platter? And she did. And Herod wished right away, I would never have said that. I wish I had never done that. But he had to because of the people around him, because of people that, that worked with him, he had to do it. And, and so at a certain day, they sent executors down and they cut off John the Baptist's head and brought it back in a charger. I would like to, I would like to say this morning that I believe that Herod never forgot the decision that he made. He wished so much that he would never have told his daughter that she could have whatever she wanted. I believe that was a memory to him that caused him his conscience, his, his, his uh, mentality. He was so shook up by that head brought in a charger that I don't think he could live with himself anymore. He was never the same because he forgot to make a decision, decision when it was important to make a decision. So I'm going to ask you this morning, when God speaks to you through the rest of the ministry, through anyone in the brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever it is, do something now. Never wait until later. Later is too late. Now is the appointed time. Now is the time to do something. There was a little boy that came home from school one day and went up to his mother and he was crying. And mother asked him, what's wrong? And he said, well, they were calling me names today at school. And she said, well, Johnny, that's all right. She said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. And she tried to tell her little boy that that's what happens. You, you know, words can't uh, hurt you. Words can't do anything to, to you. Well, time went on for a year, a year and a half. And one day, some of the other children came in and said that Johnny was calling them names. And so she said, Johnny, you come in here. I would like to talk to you. So they went in and they sat down. And mom said, Johnny, I would like to tell you that it is never right to call someone a bad name or to make fun of someone. And I don't want to hear that you ever did that again or you're going to be whipped. That is not right. That's not what you do. And Johnny thought about this, and he said, that sure sounds different from what he had heard a year and a half ago. But it is very true. Words do hurt. Words do hurt. Remember that forever. What you say hurts. It hurts other people. It hurts their whole life because it's something that you hardly ever forget. When someone says something bad about you or something that you don't like to hear, it, it, it lays with you for a long, long time. So it's not true that words may never hurt me. And I say that to encourage people in our Christian day schools and, and churches and, and, and things that teach your children never to talk about someone. 
Never to look down on someone. Always look on the bright side of life. So having said that, let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 12. It's a parable that is given to us. And this, this parable here has a number of uh, good things to, to teach us. Beginning to read in verse 13 of chapter 12 in the Gospel of Luke. And one of the company said unto him, Master, Speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Now, one of the company means earlier that uh, when Jesus was speaking, there was a, a large multitude of people gathered around. I don't know for sure what the number is in a, in a multitude, but from what I read, there were literally thousands of people coming around and listening to Jesus talking when he was teaching, thousands of people, insomuch that they walked upon one another or they trode upon one another. That's a big group, large group of people that were listening to Jesus. And so he said, this one from the company there said, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? He says, he's asking the, the person that, that, that told him, I, you know, it, I'd just like to have my inheritance. I'd like to have what I've got coming to me, what belongs to me. Would you tell my brother to please get with it and share the inheritance so I get my inheritance and I can do what I want to? Okay, let's see what happens. And he said unto them, that's Jesus saying, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesses. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall these things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Now in using this passage here that, uh, and reading what we, we just read, I'm here to say this morning that I am not against people that make a lot of money. I am not against people that have a lot of money. I am not against people that don't have a lot of money. What I am against this morning is people that take no thought for tomorrow. 
They don't care what's going to happen tomorrow. They are just living for today. And that, that can happen whether you have a lot of money or whether you don't have a lot of money. It can happen either way. But in this case, it's especially talking to someone that has riches. And he had so much riches that he began to talk to himself. What am I going to do? You will notice that this person used the pronoun I six different times. So a person that is so involved with I, me, myself, and I never gets very far in life. Never gets very far. He is not a rich man. And Jesus said that so is everyone that is not rich towards God. I would like to talk this morning about how to become rich for God. I believe that's something that all of us want this morning is in our lifetime to be rich towards our God. To love him with all our heart. To be motivated, motivated by a pure love for God. I think that if we do that, our whole attitude, our whole life outlook is going to be completely different. When once we take God serious in our lifetime, if we don't take God serious, he's not going to take us serious. And we can go on and spend our life for ourselves and miss, completely miss the point. Completely miss the mark. So it's very important for you and I, today when God speaks to us, to make a decision that I will follow God. I will give my life over to him. I read something, or I heard this, first, first of all, I'll give this story. I, I heard a story of an evangelist that was preaching. And as he was preaching, and one of the questions that he asked was, how many people this past week have won one person to the Lord? Now, that's a good question for us to ask ourselves. Have we this past week won anyone to the Lord? And it should be easy to do because there are literally thousands of people around us that do not know the Lord. And so it is up to you and I as the body of Christ to take this message out just like John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a man that stood for what he believed, and he was a forerunner of Jesus Christ. Today, Jesus Christ has come, and he has given you and I a responsibility, and the only way that we're going to be free is if we take that responsibility seriously. Otherwise, we're not going to be guilt-free. We cannot turn our backs on Jesus and go the other way and think that the road to heaven is, is going to be all right. It's already paved for us, and we're going there. Because you can definitely be deceived. The devil is out to deceive as many people as he can. He is out to get as many people from going to heaven as he can. So you and I have to make a definite decision that I will serve God. I will work for him. Now, he, it, the, the writer here says that, that uh, so is everyone that is not rich toward God. Now, is it wrong for a man to be rich? No. 
What makes it wrong is how that he used it. And he was saying, uh, Jesus was saying about this rich man in connection with being rich for God. So you can have, or let's say this, say it this way. There are a lot of people in the area that we live and surrounding us. There are lots of people that need help. They may need help financially. They may need help spiritually. It doesn't matter where the need is. <coughs> Excuse me. When God has called us, he gave us a calling, every one of us. And that is to look out for our neighbor, to help our neighbor, whether it's finances, whether it's spiritual counseling, whether it's just a word of encouragement, anything like that. We are never going to be free from that responsibility. We have got a work to do, and it's going to... It's going to be required of us until the day that we die. And we need to take that very serious, very serious. So I would like to ask you the question, how many people have you even talked to this past week about the Lord? And you say you're a Christian. What that evangelist said shook me to the core, so, so to speak. How many people have you won to the Lord this week? We know lots of people that are not Christians. Lots of them. Sometimes we, we want to be a separated people. And I think sometimes we feel that that is separated. We separate ourselves from ungodly people. Is that what it means to be separated? I believe to live a separated life means that people can see that you and I belong to God. We are Christians. We walk like Christians. We talk like Christians. Our life shows forth the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the kind of people that praise God. We thank God. I think sometimes if we would thank God more in our life, our life would be a lot better than it is. But we come to God in prayer, and what we do is complain about all the things that are going on. How do you think God feels about that? When we bring all, all our complaints and everything to him, and don't thank and praise him and honor him in that way. I think well, sometimes we need to hang our heads in shame. With, we we to think of how great God is, but we never thank him or praise him. If you're not feeling good like we haven't for a while, we started to praise the Lord and we started feeling better. That's just the way God works. He wants to be honored. He wants to be praised regardless of what we're going through. This man said, oh, what am I going to do? I have so much money. I've got these big barns full of things. And everything is, oh, soul, take thine ease and Build a bigger barn. What you need is more room to put your stuff in. Yeah, tear down the old barn, put up a new barn. And, oh, it'll be so nice. I mean, the crops, they'll just flourish with fruit and all kinds of vegetables. And you got this big barn. You can fill it with good things. <coughs> you can make a lot of money. 
while you're living here on this earth. Have lots of money. You'll be richer than anyone else, and the other people will look to you and say, my, that man sure is a prosperous man. He's doing well financially. He's good off. He must be living right. But God comes along and he says, no. No, he's not living right. In fact, he says, thou fool. And Jesus said that we should call no man a fool or foolish person. We should never do that. You know what that means? He's like an idiot or he's like a foolish person. Jesus said, don't do that. But here Jesus turns right around and he calls a man a fool. You've been a fool for doing what you're doing. This night thy soul shall be required of thee, and then who shall this stuff that you have belong to? Who's going to have it after you die? You're a fool because you did not plan for the future. The future of your soul. This night, you'll be cast into hell. He didn't say that, but he might as well have. This night, thy soul is going to be required of thee. And you know what? It seems like we go through life and we don't think about that. We don't think that this might be the last day that we have on this earth. The last day. Have we lived in a God-fearing way? That's the question that I have this morning. Is God in our mind? Is God upmost in our mind, in our heart? Whatever we do is for the glory of God. I wrote something down here that I'd like to read. <coughs> Concerning richness. So is everyone that is not rich toward God. Richness towards God develops as we allow him to use us in the area of responsibility. He's entrusted to us in the responsibilities he has entrusted to us. Each of us has influence. In other words, we're going to influence everyone that we meet. One way or another, they're going to be influenced by us. For the good or for the bad. We are where we are. Have the power we have and are all able to accomplish what we have because of the providence of God in our life. It's when we say, Lord, there is nothing I have achieved without your grace. That we are able to ask him to use us to claim the area of our responsibilities, of our home, of our church, of our schools, of our jobs, of our neighborhoods, and our communities that belong to him. What, what kind of impact do we have on those areas in our life? Brethren, that is called radical obedience. Radical obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
so is he that is not rich toward God. That really impacted me. Not being rich towards God. And I want to, in my lifetime, the rest of the life that I have, if, if I'm strong, I'll maybe live to 75, 80, and, and if it's the Lord's will, to 90, I don't know how long. But I know this one thing, forgetting those things that are behind me and reaching forth on, onto those things that are before me. The Lord Jesus Christ, for him to live is everything. And if we don't live for him today, start today, we're going to lose out on a lot, lot of things. Lots of things that are going to be left behind. Right? Lots of things that might happen just like it did to Herod. Oh, if I would never have promised my daughter she can have whatever she wants to. And I have to live the rest of my life with the memory of the head of John the Baptist. Sad, sad. Very sad that he chose to live like that. Your life and my life is still indecision. We can still make that decision to live for the Lord. That doesn't promise that everything is going to be hunky-dory. Everything is just going to be the best that anybody can have, and I'm going to have the best life. No. It doesn't promise us that, but it promises that God is with us. God promised that I will be with you until the end of the world. I'll be with you. I'll be your guide. I will bless you. And God is the God of success. God is the God of success. Now, it may not always look like that to us. In fact, we may at times feel, feel very much like a failure. That doesn't mean that we are. Doesn't mean that at all. But with Christ, we can achieve things that he wants us to do. He has anointed us. He has filled us with his spirit. He has loved us. He has forgiven us our sins. We have a clean life. And so when God says, Adam, where are you? We can say, I heard you walking in the cool of the day. Here am I. That's what I would desire for every one of us to say to the Lord. Here am I. Use me wherever and in whatever you want from me. Would you be willing to do that today? Lord, here I am. I hear your voice today. Shall we pray?